Is that your address? Okay, so that shows that you have two claims that both of them are over $100 that's owed to you. That's owed to me? Yeah. How do I get it? From the digital journalists of WDRP.com, this is Uncovered, a behind-the-scenes look at stories affecting education, business, criminal justice, and more in Louisville, Kentucky. And now for the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Uncovered by WDRB. I'm Chris Otts and my guest today is Valerie Chin. And we're going to be discussing Val's story about how the state of Kentucky and Indiana, lots of states, have money and other property that belongs to you and me and everybody else. And no, this is not a scam. When I first heard about Valerie's story, I said, this kind of sounds like a scam. What's it all about, Val? Well, that's what everyone thinks. They think it's a scam. And I'm glad we did this story because so many people are finding missing money, unclaimed property. But the way it works is that the state is the custodian and holds all of this unclaimed money. And some of it may be yours. And it's from every state in the U.S. The state treasurer's office in your state holds it. So you talked to Kentucky treasurer Allison Ball And we're going to play quite a bit of sound from your interview with her in this podcast. But let's first listen to her explain how the state treasurer's office comes to possess all this money and other property that is actually uh, owed to people around the state. So I usually describe it as basically the statewide lost and found. And that's what it is in a nutshell. Uh, People might have put a deposit down in an apartment that they had once upon a time or they bought some stocks or they have uh, payroll that they didn't get. Uh, So there's a lot of ways that you might have just lost track of your money. And when it's lost, it comes over to me. And uh, I'm not ever the owner of it. I never take the property and become the owner of it. I'm always just the custodian of it. My job is to get it back to people. So I've worked really hard to make sure that it goes back to people. There's all kinds of various ways that she ends up being the custodian of this. But what can you give us some typical examples of how people lose track of things that belong to them and then it ends up uh, with the state treasurer in Frankfurt? Well, you could have worked somewhere and had back pay and quit your job and moved away and didn't realize that that back pay was owed to you and your employer tried to look for you. I don't know how these companies or or whoever holds the money, sometimes they say they're looking for you, and I don't know how hard they actually are looking for you. So if they can't find you, it just goes to the state treasurer. And when we were searching for Kentucky in several states, they use this website, missingmoney.com, and Kentucky and Indiana both use it. And you just type in your name, and you can see if there are any claims where you have some missing cash. And, for example, I searched my name, and I found three claims and actually got one check back already of over $100, which is amazing. And it was just like Allison was talking about, how you can forget about some back pay that you were owed and you had no idea, or maybe you paid a deposit for cable and you returned all of the, the cable boxes and everything, but you never got the, the deposit back. So that's how you have this missing money. But the cool part is when you put your name in and you find your name and it's just you get money, and especially at this time of the year during the holidays, it's perfect. But 
any time of year, I'm sure getting money is yeah. good. Yeah, I, I found it was uh, quite amazing how many people in our newsroom discovered mm-hmm. that they had some money on this thing. Uh, I thought to myself, surely I know where all my money is. Uh, and uh, But I looked it up, and turns out I had $15 from a job I had left many years ago. And so let's talk a, b- a little bit about the process of how you actually go about finding this money, because I imagine that's the first question everyone listening to this has. So you go to missingmoney.com, not a scam. Again, this mm-hmm. is a real thing. And that's where all this information is stored. And w- what happens from there? Well, you put your name in. And what you also have to remember, if you're married now, put, a, put your maiden name in it. And you put your name in there, and then you'll see different cities and addresses, because some people could have the same name as you. But you could recognize, oh, yeah, I used to live at this address. So you know it's you. You click on it, and you file a claim. And basically, you have to print out forms fill it out, they'll ask you for some confidential information, and then you send it back to the state, and then the state will then send you a check. Yeah, so I'll just talk about my experience real quick. I haven't gotten my check yet, uh, but it's it's not quite as uh, technologically advanced as uh, some of us in the millennial generation might like. You can't do it all online, but what this thing basically does is it shows you where you might have a claim for some missing money and you say, okay, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's where I used to live. And it spits out a form that you can then print out. And then you gotta have you have to track down other things that they need. Number one, you gotta copy your driver's license, which I had to do. You also, if 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 this money was from when you had a previous address, you have to prove that you really did used to live at the previous address. Luckily, I happen to have uh, an insurance um, a homeowner's insurance uh, notice that was a few years old. So I just printed that out and included it. And then you put all that together, put it in an envelope and mail it to the state treasurer and then wait for your check in the mail. And I have to say all the states operate a little bit differently. So I actually found one claim from Minnesota and I didn't have to download any forms. I mean, I filled everything out online, sent it, and they quickly sent me my check So every state operates it a little bit different. Some you will, for Kentucky, you will have to print out a form. And some people you'll see on missingmoney.com, only certain states participate in that. Other states participate in different websites. But what you can do is go to the state treasurer's office website of the state that you live in if they're not participating in the missingmoney.com one. And then you can find how to submit the forms that way. Let's note here that Indiana participates in missingmoney.com. Is they that do. right? So it's a similar process for all of our Hoosier listeners. Is mm-hmm. that right? And in fact, over $62 million has been returned to Indiana residents this year. And for Kentucky, over $84 million has been returned since 2015. So that just shows just how much money is out there that could be yours. Sometimes they're in smaller amounts, sometimes they're larger, but it's worth checking because it's free to check. And another important thing to note is that when you just, if you just type in missing money on Google or on your search engine, sometimes these third-party websites come up. And they are asking for your credit card information to get this free public records information. Never put your credit card information in there. That that's not what missingmoney.com is free a free search. So you shouldn't have to 
put in other information like that. Sure. So as you mentioned, normally this is these claims are small. You know, mine was fifteen dollars, but some are really big. Mm-hmm. And um, State Treasurer Ball told you about one in particular. Let's hear that part of the interview. Usually it's in the hundreds, I would say, um, but I have had some that are very large. Uh, first year in office, we had a woman who passed away, so her heirs came to us, and it was $1.2 million of stock. So uh, that was a lot, uh, and we've had several that have been considerable amounts. Uh, you have had several that have been in the millions, but, but usually it's a lot smaller than that. Wow, I can't imagine losing track of $1.2 million in stock, but I guess that's the kind of thing that can happen when people pass away. But she also told you uh, a a story of a particular gentleman who got a much smaller amount but still very large. So let's hear that one as well. There was one guy who had, I think it was about $30,000. He was a guy in his mid-30s, and we contacted him. And, of course, he he wasn't sure we were real when we contacted him. Uh, But we were able to say, no, this is legit. This really is the Kentucky State Treasury. We really do have about $30,000 for you. And he came to the office and picked up his check himself. Uh, But it was very emotional because he had just lost his job. And he was just... He was crying. He was just really grateful that we took the time to find his money for him, which he did not know about. Uh, and he, he's a family guy. He had some kids. And he was just saying this came as a godsend to them at this point. So I think that's one of the moments that's been most meaningful for me because it was somebody who had a real point of need right then, and we were able to get it back. I would think if I got a call from the from the Kentucky State Treasurer saying, we have money for you. We just need you to do something here. My scam alert would be going off uh, immediately. And that's, they get that same reaction from people too. But, you know, when you go to the state treasurer's office and you know it's a real thing, they really have the vault there. Um, also, just in our newsrooms, people have seen the story. And we actually have a person in production whose dad watched the story. And his claim is $60,000. So wow. he is working through the process to get that. So just thankful that... He didn't even know about this website, and, you know, it comes at a great time right before the holidays. That is amazing. Let's talk about the non-money part of this missing property. There's actually a vault, like a bank vault, in Frankfurt that you visited, and there's some interesting things in there. What Mm -hmm. did you see? It's a high-security vault. We went inside, and there's some really cool things. We saw a Fabergé egg, and we don't know how much it's worth because the state says they don't bring people in to estimate worth. They just hold all of this cool stuff. There were also um, autographed baseball cards and pictures and different mementos that could mean something to you, but they're not necessarily super valuable price-wise. There were also derby pins. A lot of people collect derby pins, and some of them can be worth money if they're older and we also saw some jewelry and lots of medals from the military that really need to go back to the rightful owner but they can't find these people we don't really know all of the values of all of the different items but it was just cool because it felt like you were going back in time seeing a lot of old items and antique items that meant something to someone so people will put it in their safe deposit boxes and a lot of times they pass away and then their kids they don't know that their parents had a mom safe had deposit. a safety yes. deposit box at such and such bank and then the bank just wants to get rid of it and mm-hmm. move on so they 
cover their liability, I guess, by turning it over to the state treasurer and saying, hey, you know, it's your problem. You can find them. Exactly. Is that how it works? Yeah. And the state treasurer says every single day they're getting more from different banks. So it's it can get very full inside the vault. So that's why they're trying really hard as well because it could take up so much space because sometimes these items are bigger and sometimes they also aren't worth very very much. They said they're actually, the interesting item that they find a lot in the safe deposit boxes are people's teeth. Yes, I I saw that. (laughs) I saw that in your interview and I was like, what? Yes. So sometimes it could be, I guess, their kids' teeth when they lost their like first baby teeth. Baby teeth. Yeah. But other times they they just, I had no idea that that would be a very popular item to put in your safe deposit box, but apparently it is. Okay. And lots of documents as well. But hopefully all of the items that we showed on the air that people know maybe their relative had that and they could prove that that was theirs and they can get it back. Well, there's a Kentucky joke about teeth that I'm not going to make. <laughs> no. uh, you, you forgot to mention one thing you saw in the vault, this Fabergé egg. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It was beautiful. So they had a larger one, and then they had a small Fabergé egg that you opened up the egg, and you saw this beautiful necklace inside. And I and it came with authenticity papers as well and a special velvet box. So it definitely is worth something and they're just trying to find the owners and the thing is is that they know on a lot of these safe deposit boxes they know the people's names they have the address they're just looking for you to match up that it's yours so they're not going to of course release those names but they've had a hard time finding all of those people is there ever a point at which they can legally seize that property and just sell it and use it for the state treasury i mean we need all the money we can get in Kentucky for pensions uh, and, and education and other things. And I got to wonder at some point, is it like, you know, this is a lost cause, but maybe it has value and, and the state should just, you know, make it public property. Did she talk about that at all? State Treasurer talked about how some states have passed laws where they can take over. She says the state of Kentucky, though, she doesn't want to do that. So everything in there, she's not going to sell people's belongings. She really wants to find. So I think the state could be pushed towards doing that to get money. But as far as she, as long as she's in office, she's hoping just to find the people and never sell people's belongings. And she's going to be in office another four years mm-hmm. after the results of the uh, election a few weeks ago. Uh, okay, well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, I think Allison Ball said there's half a billion dollars, is that right, in total in unclaimed property? I think that's what she said. Yes. But um, So go out there, see if any of it is yours, and how do you do that again, Val? Let's just make sure that people listening to this understand the steps in the process. Super easy. Just go to missingmoney.com. And type in your name, and you can pick the states that you've lived in or just leave it blank. If you want more searches to come up, just leave it blank, and it'll pull up all the different states. She says put in your name, your relatives' names, your coworkers, anyone you know, and that will help because they may not do the search, but you could do some, have some fun and start searching and see who you know and then just let them know to go online and fill out the forms. All right. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for this uh, informative news you can use (laughs) and for doing this podcast. And we will have more podcasts on all the in-depth stories that we're doing at WDRB. Thanks for listening. 
The Uncovered Podcast is a production of WDRB Media. Please subscribe, review, and rate wherever you get your podcasts.